really, you know, this service success management I love, and, 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 and it's almost a topic in itself. Uh, but I can't help thinking when I listen to both of you, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, asset success management as opposed to customer success management. And the assets, the asset is the IT asset that is being purchased for digital transformation. Uh, and getting people in a whole heap of a heap of strife because no one's actually managing the asset. But you know what? Here, here is now the the that that's a very interesting topic. Here is now a, a slight spin, because I thought about this for a long time. Asset success management that's at the base what everybody wants, but there's two ways of how to go about it. One is to say I will take care to figure out asset success management. That's a logistical nightmare. Or you say you know what? Everybody who has their assets under service and maintenance as a reward, gets asset success management. Because then it's almost a byproduct that you have it in your service contracts and you do service success you know, yeah. management and ultimately the assets are... But if you go the other route, you'll end up chasing boxes and you have an overview of the assets on maintenance or non... And that's just a very different logistical, uh, uh, let's say, f- task. Much more complex. Yeah? It is complex. Um, Scott, I'm going to bring you into this now because for me... Um, it's it's it, here's another one logistics success management, and it's because technology was sold using a net new CPQ, not a asset lifecycle CPQ. Yep. All right. And as soon as you start using an asset lifecycle CPQ, the logistics is gone. As long as everyone uses it, <laughs> as long as everyone uses it, because no technology lives in isolation. Add, add, add some value to that, Scott, because that's just my 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 two cents in the, in this discussion. Well, look, if we go down the CPQ route, I think the biggest point to make is um, not presenting portals to people because portals are going to slow them down. They've already got 30 portals they've got to log into and some manufacturers are very arrogant about, you must use my portal. So based on that, how do you then make the, the service provider or the distributor or someone more successful so you need to take the data from that, not just get a printout or an Excel spreadsheet. You need to ingest that data very quickly and turn it around. My favourite example was when um, when we had Avaya. Avaya's call manager, you could not configure without their configurator. So instead of trying to rage against the machine, we built a platform that just grabbed the quote, You know, the, the reseller would put in the number, grab the quote down, flip it into local currency with um, all of the uh, freight components and ship out the quote. So our competitors would take two weeks to do that. Our platform took about 30 seconds. Now, on top of that, you've got to be really, really good with this data. Again, back to Avaya, every single number of every phone that went out or soft phone or whatever it is that went out the door was tracked. If you don't have that uh, cleanliness of data, you're never going to get anywhere. And there are lots of companies that, um, uh, even OEMs, that send out a one-line quote for a particular product, but its bill of materials might be 40 or 50 pages long. And then you hit the channel and then you hit the renewal phase and you can't actually decipher what you've quoted out the door. So um, CPQs are an incredibly complex thing to successfully deliver. What most people do now is they move from an Excel spreadsheet to one of the, uh, let's say, um, American CPQ systems, but there's still some rep sitting there typing it all out. There's no real automation. What you're trying to do is take out the friction, and the friction is just as much a rep punching in a quote in whatever platform, instead of grabbing data, flipping it, 
inside with your rules base and pushing it down to the next player or the end customer in that case. Uh, you know what? And I can add on that is <clears throat> if it takes a little longer with the first renewal, I could, I could understand that. But if it takes the same amount with yeah. the second renewal, then we got a situation because ultimately, uh, yeah, if it's, if it's, yeah. if it's a mess at the beginning, I, I can see that it takes a little while to, to, but I mean, obviously at one point, that's why the type of time of renewal is your golden opportunity to, you know, to, to, keep the life cycle under control absolutely, absolutely. yeah and, and i always say that um if if the data was collected for the right purpose you wouldn't have problem even in the beginning so data is usually collected for a net new sale and it's just missing all the data that's necessary to keep that asset alive for the life of it and today we're not talking about every refreshing every year or every you know, three years. It's every month with a lot of a lot of assets that are going. Yeah, but it comes again. Are you a neutral person, or is it about you know managing pre-existing market share or or protect? You know, and I think our largest customer, don't take me wrong, is Mickey Mouse, <laughs> because it's just like, and that's that's just a fact. Because it, it and that's why is it Mickey Mouse? Because it's fundamental mistrust. That's what it is. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because last time we spoke, you said that, and I was going to, and I was thinking, should I, should I mention it or not? Now you've mentioned it, so I want you to go into detail because you explained that to me very, very well last time we spoke. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's it's uh, you know, as I said before, I mean, you can you can offer any platform you want as long as you don't have this, you know, clear accountability who is responsible, who's and who's the neutral party in managing this. You'll always have none of your business. And none of your business, basically, yep, Mickey Mouse. That's what you put, yeah. what people put in, yeah. That's what it, and you probably had the same, Scott, when yeah, you did. Ab absolutely. So we had to. Something else. You know, <laughs> in, in our history, so coming from a data cleanliness point of view, we generally associate directly to an ERP's financial, you know, who the person is that you're billing because they're always clear, crystal clear on that. Otherwise, they couldn't collect the money. You know, we'd have the product sets coming in either from price lists or quotes or whatever. We'd have this beautiful data. And then we hit the first customer that said, oh, but we may not have that customer yet in our ERP or we don't know if it's that division. So we actually had to build effectively a platform that could ingest any data. But then when it got to actual invoicing time, you had to tie down the detail. So it didn't slow down the process of at least getting those uh, automated quotations out the door. And even if you look at, um, and I've mentioned before, one of the security companies, they don't send out an ind index with every single end customer and reseller. No one knows who belongs to what. It'll be spelled differently for one state. You know, it's just a complete disaster. And you can't run a successful anti-churn business if your data is not completely clear. I mean, what we have done, and I'll, I'll, I'll make it really simple. So the way we've built up our company is we've basically uh, put four elements to it. Yeah, number one element is totally um, this this disregard. What do we do with it? We call it basically our data factory, our data loading. That's that the only purpose is to make sure this is in the right format, and and this typically uh, and then. What goes into this, let's say, data loader, data factory, uh, we call it data pipes. And there are tons of different data pipes uh, to different systems. Yeah, Some are big pipes, some are small pipes. Most importantly is once they've understood, identified the rules behind it, they become automated. So to your point, the first time it might be a little messy. I get that. But at one point, you know, it needs to be understood what this data pipe is. And then... Um, 
take it to the next box, if you want to say it like this, you dispatch that data to the type of annuity. One type is, you know, a value, volume, as a service. There's so many different shades. But ultimately, what I've not seen, I've not seen that you can do, uh, there's one workflow or sales process or tool that does every type of annuity. I've never seen it. And, if, and, and every tool that tries to do it, it'll end up, you know, almost getting too much in their mouth because they're just very different animals, they're different types of annuities. And then ultimately everything that comes out is a quote. Yeah, and that quote ultimately goes then to the right stakeholder in the food chain. Yeah, and that's how we've built our business. And, but it's really data onboarding is a whole department. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's one-on-one the same, by the way, for the collection industry. I think that's the best industry. If you have the wrong information, there's nowhere you can send a, a receivable collection. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's again, it's it's uh, only for something that's been sold in the first instance, and you know, technology by nature evolves, right? It's always gonna, it's always gonna grow up. It's always gonna get more legs, more people, more friends, more this, and it's gonna solve more problems. So even at that stage, you know, the problem that I have with the data collection analogy is all you did was solve a singular problem initially. What about all the information that's necessary to keep that that alive? What you're collecting. I agree. Yeah. My audience is 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 vendors, is distributors, is resellers, it's service providers, it's influencers, it's analysts, it's everything, right? Um, and in all the conversations that I've had with all the channel talk, um, the the subject comes up of you know what I I I, I love what I'm hearing. I'm I'm, I'm I'm learning a lot, you know, and they're going to learn a lot listening to you, Matthias, and you, Scott, about this. And their default is I'll go build it myself. I, you know what, I just, I just wanted to, sorry to, I, I just wanted to say, you know, for me, the, if there's one thing somebody can take away of listening to this is why, this is not rocket science. Obviously, some people have figured it out. Why it, do other people have or, or organizations have issues with it? And it's lack of focus and, and that's why I want to go back to the collection industry. In 20 years ago, everybody did it themselves. Everybody did receivable management. And then somehow somebody realized, you know what? Maybe if I only do this, I do this better. And then out of this, you know, became software platforms to Experian, you know, information platforms. And here's the same thing. This is totally solvable, but you got experts like IASET, you got experts like our like ourselves. It's you don't have to do everything yourself, period. That's just just logical. Yeah. And 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 it's not, you can't just go and and wishful thinking that SAP is gonna solve it. No, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so that's my two cents. It's focus and you get the next expert and 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 trust it and invest in it because it'll pay for itself. So Matthias, I have a a controversial uh, statement that I make quite often, which is you know, the IT industry has been built on making companies more productive by taking heads out of you know uh, business process. Except if your platform takes IT guys out of the process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a classic, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's true, and we, we we face that all the time, and then eventually it goes away. Um, you know, I remember you know when you know cloud became huge when it first came huge, and everyone tried to build their own cloud. <laughs> yeah. And now there's, there's four or five that everyone uses. Um, you know, we, we see, we see uh, because of merchant of record uh, issues, um, uh, the outsourcing of 
you know, collections, the outsourcing of accounting, the outsourcing of the outsourcing of everything to someone who has expertise. But I still maintain there has to be a prime contractor in front of the customer that's managing all their problems for them. Hmm. You know, because- I mean, that, that's why we engage through the channel model. So there are different ways of how engaging. So if you look at our model is we always engage as an accredited either service only DISTI or, you know, a service only VAR or depending on what mandate we have, because I do think you have to be part of the solution. You can't be, or it's more difficult if you're just an outsider, um, you have to own the process yeah that that's what i think yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's that's just uh you know there are obviously many views on that yeah so it's not uh if, if i if you it's not that i have a two departments if i outsource collection i don't have an inter you know it's you own it it's your it's your you're part of my company so to speak those are the most successful if it's now with your logo or not that's a different way of looking at it yeah Okay, so so we're, we're running out of time. I can't believe it. This has been such a fantastic conversation. We have to have you back, mate. We have to have you back because this is this is sensational for my audience. Uh, but I do want to ask you, um, what's next for you guys? What's next for Unity Management Group? Oof, I mean, obviously we're growing. We're, you, you, we we want to define the the you know the notion of service success management. We really you know for me, going from this the needs of the vendor, the needs of the VAR and the needs of the end customer in the IT services space. I think that's a pretty large enough, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> sector. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, no, we're growing and we were investing in that where we're, you know, we're now a little bit north of um, uh, 30, 35,000 contracts we're managing throughout the food chain. So, so that's where we're really focused. We're doubling down. We're investing heavily in the digital transformation. Um, you are part of our roadmap, you know, gracefully enough. Thank you um, very much, Matthias. <laughs> I mean, that's, and, and, and I think uh, to what I said at the beginning, that the, the, the rules of engagement are quite simple. A, it's built on trust like any business. And, and uh, how, how can you assure that by being an expert in managing pre-existing market share? So you really have the neutral uh, point of view um, by looking at end-to-end. I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, you sell something at the beginning and, and even if you don't make money because there's nothing to renew, it's still important as a data piece. Um, all the way to end of service life, as you mentioned before, that's another uh, point in time where customers maybe need that information because of compliance, uh, which then happens to be a win-win because obviously OEMs or channel partners are looking for the sales opportunity, but the primary driver is the customer. You know, I've seen it so often that people are trying to sell them something. They're like, no, we're happy with this. So it's really what the customer needs. So coming back to service success management, um, that's the difference. You know, the, nobody's calling, by the way, you haven't used the, the, the service hotline. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> yeah. I, what, I, Mateus, last time we spoke, there's something that, and I, and, I, and I want to touch on this, and I want Scott's uh, view on this. And Scott, you'll also laugh. Last week when I went to the Hall of Fame thing, they said, you ask all the questions, you should get Scott to ask you one because that's when you get all fired up, Nick. And I think that's just for their own fun. But we'll, we'll, we'll probably do another channel on that one. But anyway, um, it's, it's, we, we were talking, and, and, and uh, Matthias, and it's in order to be able to provide uh, partner success, uh, customer success, logistics, any, anything of that, I, think, I, I believe... The only way you could really do that is to give someone something that they didn't expect. Mm-hmm. 
and um, they can't do without it. And they can't do without it. And I know the, the, the ISA.com platform was based on that, was built on that. One of the things that I like about your deployment is that you're doing that. You're, you're, you're surprising your customers by giving them value that they never expected or didn't, you know, weren't, weren't, weren't going. And so I want to know a little bit more about your thesis on that because you put those thoughts in my head and I just want to know if, 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 if I may ask you a little bit more about that surprise element. I mean, you know, I, I touched on it at the beginning a little bit. I think you also, Scott, I mean, it's such a difference if you call uh, um, to, you know, a reseller, by the way, those 20 customers, they might, you know, uh, uh, require this and this and this. It's this proactiveness on, on the renewal. It's, 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 it happens to be an upselling maybe or not, but I think it's this, this proactiveness in the renewal process because the, the people who I have at least met who at the end of the food chain are the ones that manage those assets that his job is that he has a, a flawless business continuity. That's his only, that's really his job. And, and if something doesn't work, it's his, his head, which, which is being fried. Yeah. So he really wants it to be all spotless. So I think when, if you want to excel your customer, um, it's really who reaches out at the end to him and said, by the way, um, here is a quick update. This is your protection level. This is your, let's say, safety score or the, whatever you want to call it. I think that's how you can really excel because, I mean, that's the job of the IT manager. I think the, the on-prem data center is here to stay. It's not going to disappear. And I think it's going to be a hybrid setup. I think the whole landscape is going to be more complex than ever. Um, I've seen a whole industry of measuring uptime. Did the OEMs meet their SLAs and God knows everything? I've seen no industry to say, let's make sure they're well protected. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and that's really how you surprise your, your, your customer. And it's the same now if you go to the channel. Their channel wanted to let you know, scre you know screened all your customers. They're well protected or you got whatever. You got 20 urgent cases you got to do something that is how you can you know as a disty or as a as a, as a service provider excel yeah. say you know what those are your 20 customers because ultimately if the it manager is unhappy he'll call the the reseller and say hey dude why didn't you remind me you know my, my boss is unhappy because you know yeah. we couldn't work for two weeks and you didn't tell me yeah and and so on and so forth so that's how i think you can excel in an industry you know, I'm, I, you, you've touched the major thing, and I want to have a little bit of conversation um, with you both now, even though we're going to extend on because this is too, too important to leave. Uh, because sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves in, as, as technology creators. And, you know, uh, Scott, you're a technology creator. And uh, we, we sometimes say when we have conversations, um, if at first you don't succeed, renew, meaning yep. um, the renewal is just forget it. That has to happen. That has, so almost that in in terms of the technology you've created is 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 no longer the surprise element, even though at the execution level it is the su surprise element for for Mateus and his business because he's at the cold front. But you're building technology that says that should never ever ever happen. All right, what 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 happens before the renewal? Which is you know the the subscription cell upgrades and the cross cell upgrades and the reference architecture uh, cells and all those things and automating that whole process so that can happen 
or you know that's that it, I find it amazing when I talk to you know people like Matthias and everyone else who say that you know the success is in getting someone to renew the bloody contract and you created a, a, a platform that says that that is mandatory <laughs> you know? well, I think I think if you look at us now if you looked at us 14 years ago we were absolutely just about the renewal that was I mean, we were, we were doing configurators, but forget those for a minute. We're absolutely all about making sure you never missed an opportunity. The reps didn't miss an opportunity in the business or the reseller reps didn't miss an opportunity. And an OEM could have a decent conversation with their channel partners who were failing or succeeding. Right now, they don't know. You know, they, they pull up data that is mismatched or, or it's out of sync. So you can't really have a a truthful you comply as a partner or a distributor conversation because the data is just everywhere. I think um, as we've come along, especially with cloud, because cloud is effectively a, a, re a monthly renewal cadence or consumption because of up and down, um, you had to take that a whole operational pro process as a complete value proposition rather than we're just here to solve renewals. If you buy a tool, we're a platform, and I'll explain the difference, if you buy a tool just to do renewals, you are going to fail because it's just focused on one part of the cadence. And some of our new partners, without going into detail, are joining with us because they need that product lifecycle piece. A platform sits in the middle and talks to everyone and everything. So in Mateus's business, we'll talk to his systems. When Mateus starts selling annuity management automation to his downstream partners, and it can be through ISAT instances, or I hate to say it, a portal, but let's just say it's ISAT instances that are branded with annuity management for argument's sake, then he's going to underpin their entire operational automation process. And he doesn't have to worry about the data because it's all been cleansed further down the pipe, which means upstream with his manufacturer, his OEMs, he's going to get a much better outcome. Now, you know, back to the uh, the poor old end customer, we have a couple of end customers that are exploring at the moment using an instance as a vendor management platform. So um, doesn't matter who they're dealing with. To your point about they've got all these service providers coming in. They just tell them to point the data at the platform. Again, you're removing portals, you're removing all of this overhead and friction, and it just gets presented in their platform. And it doesn't matter. They can still buy off different people but they've got one pane of glass for the entire product lifecycle piece for every IT asset or med tech or IoT or whatever market you're playing in. And you can have a better conversation with your channel partners. I think I think you've just nailed it. I mean, adding on what, what you've said, I mean, your platform, that that's why, you know, if you don't use it, you know, it's your own fault. Because I mean, what you what you do, obviously you have a very, you have very sophisticated users, great. Yeah. yeah, so people who, and what you help them to do is to give an overview, obviously, of all those different components and contract types. It gives them the flexibility to configure all this, to, to kind of structure it. And there's a reason why you have an opportunity, you know, management piece, pipeline management piece, because obviously it's not just, oh, here's a quote. It's really like, at which point in time is it where? And to, to combine this in one platform, um, uh, is not something you build yourself. You go to an expert who does that for a living yeah, because it's super complicated. And, and it's not something you can just buy on, on Salesforce. Yeah. It's not. And, and no matter how wishful thinking people have. yeah. So, yeah. so and as, as soon as people acknowledge that, 
there are companies like yours. That's what we do for a living. We don't do this. We don't do that. That's exactly what we do. Uh, and if you have the right trained, sophisticated, let's say, experts, service experts, um, uh, then I think you can make your channel partner successful. Then um, you can exceed their expectations. <clears throat> and on top of that, the people that are in the ISET ecosystem today are effectively, we've built a core based on all sorts of information in 14 years of resellers, service providers, distributors and OEMs all over the planet. So they might do something better in Vietnam, but it actually gets rolled out in Switzerland. Switzerland might do something better, but it gets rolled out in New Zealand. Do you know what I mean? The group as a whole, and this is how SaaS should work, is always being lifted. Yes, we add core features to it, but it's always being listed, lifted by our customers who go, this would be a really good idea. And we go, that'd be great. You know, rolled out as one platform, one support contract. You know, that's what SaaS should be all about. One of the joys of working with annuity management, finding out so many things that could have been added. And it's you're buying a roadmap. You're buying a roadmap when you're using SaaS, which is... Well, you know, that, that, but that's for us in our digital transformation. We, we made clear, let's say, divide and conquer. That's maybe good also for, for, for uh, your audience. So we, we said, you know what, we can't do everything. It simply does, even we, we only focus on renewals and we say, you know what, we can't do everything. So we said for ourselves, there are certain components we want to build and we want to develop. And we have certain components where we say we will go to a partner. And to this, to this notion now, you know, contract quoting, that's where we said, you know what, we will go to a partner. And we, as you know, we used to, we developed our own uh, um, uh, platform for many, many, many years. And, and it's just, I think, it, it has so many layers of complexity and only if all those puzzle pieces fit together because it's a tech enabled service. It's not something where you say, here's, here's the software. It happens. It, that's not how the industry works because in some instances, you don't have price books. As we all know, how do you want to automate this? If you don't have price books, you can't automate that. Yeah. In some instances you have usage. You have to understand what is the usage how do you want to, I mean, there's so many variants. So I think you have to pick and, 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 and choose your battles. And, and that's what we did. You know, we said, you know, we, we focus on this. This is what we outsource or we, we partner with. This is what we want to build. And all those components ultimately create a successful service experience ultimately. Yeah. Well, as, as I always say to uh, most of, well, you, you would expect in today's era, no one's going to build their own ERP system. Like it's crazy. There's so many ERP systems, right? So why would you go and build a product lifecycle system? You're only going to build it for a tiny little piece. The maintenance of the software over the years is going to drive you crazy. You've got users demanding stuff and you've still got to run your IT department. So, uh, you know, to me, well, I mean, the, only people, the only people who, who built that are the, are the ones who don't acknowledge uh, you managing pre-existing market share. They're thinking like, oh, somebody is stealing. No, those are, if you don't do it, you yeah. will lose your market share. That's that's really the point. Yeah. If you don't do it as a as a, and and that's I think a fundamental in product distribution, service distribution. It's just a misunderstanding because the whole industry is actually set by very competitive dynamics, yeah. and that ruins basically the life cycle if you don't you know decouple yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would just add as as we leave, my my take on that is uh, when you do it yourself, you you divorce yourself from the entire ecosystem, which is, I think, is your point, Matthias, where there is a pre-existing pre market share. You didn't create every sale out there. So, you know, you divorce yourself from the ecosystem, you don't become part of it, and you're on your own. That's a, not a place that you, any any technology provider wants to, wants to be in.
you focus on the wrong things. I mean, for example, you said an ERP or let's say accounting system. Why the hell should I build my own accounting system? People do. I mean, I it's like there's, there's no logic. Yeah. <laughs> it does. You know, I always roll that line out. And then the other day, someone goes, oh, no, we built our own ERP. We built our own. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I it's, it's... Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, a wonderful conversation. And we will have you back, Mateus, because it's just been golden uh, to my audience. Thank you for listening. Um, and gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. All the best and see you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Yeah.